0: Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again. Barely Alive Podcast, Kyle and Bubba, how are we? Hope you're doing great these days. Yeah, we
1: haven't talked to you in a long time. Yeah, um, it's
0: been a couple of weeks now.
1: But I hope you've missed us. I hope you have maybe listened to all of our other episodes that we've had out there. And um, yeah, we're back.
0: From what I would say is that if you haven't listened to any of our, hardly any of our episodes, this is one you definitely need to listen to. Because today we have a very special guest on. Um, Basically, the best way to describe her is that if there was a Mount Rushmore of porn, she would definitely be on it. Because today, right now on the line, we have the beautiful, gorgeous, and talented, legendary Nina Hartley. Nina, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me so we can talk about everyone's favorite topic, sex, Politics and
0: sexual politics. Of very course. good. Of course, I think I, I think I tried to get a, into a class in sexual politics in college, and uh, I think it filled up pretty quickly. Did it? Yeah, it did. For,
2: probably, they usually do. Yeah, they do.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, first off, Nina, thank you so much for uh, for being on the show. This is a uh, oh
2: my pleasure. Childhood pleasure. I always I'm always always interested in talking to new people. I'm hearing their perspective or getting their point of view on things because uh, it's an endlessly fascinating topic and it's sort of universal.
1: Absolutely. I was. Um. I have to get this out. You were in the very first adult film I ever watched.
2: Oh, that's so great! I I heard that fairly often. Yay! Do you remember the name?
1: I think it was a taboo. Of
2: the movie.
1: I think it was a taboo.
2: Oh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <was> Joyce <laughs> yes, with Joey Silvera? Yes. Good old, oh, Joey was awesome. He was one of my favorite partners, actually. I always liked him. Really? Yes, he's, uh, he's someone who is very, he's a very odd duck. I mean, obviously, especially the men from the 70s and 80s who could get it up in an all-natural <laughs> way, obviously, you know, pre-vag or pre-injection, everything. So the guys <laughs> you see up until about 1992, the guys you see on camera are guys who can just do that thing. You know, get an erection under right. really difficult and distracting circumstances again and again and again. And Joy was Joy was always a lot of fun to work with. Actually, I would never want to date him because he was just too odd. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> as a screen partner, as a screen partner, I always always liked getting him uh, uh, draw, drawing him from the straw. <clears throat> Very
3: Don't good. Don't forget,
2: in the beginning, the first guy. I want to say the first. Six years of my career, at least, um, it was pretty much the same. Six to eight guys over and over again. There's just a small pool of men who could do this work. That you, you know, and the, was the, the pool of women wasn't much bigger. You end up working with the same people over and over again. Peter North, of course. Randy Spears, Randy West,
0: okay. John
2: Leslie, Herschel Savage, Eric Edwards, and Billy D. No. I say Peter North think I started off with him. Where
1: over did, where did over John over Holmes over Where did John Holmes come in that?
2: Um John Holmes was pretty much gone by eighty four. I think he was in jail at that time. Yeah. Um, and he you know, his heyday had passed. Okay. Um, I worked in a i worked in one movie with him in eighty five called Naughty Girls Like It Big. He worked with Angel Kelly. I worked with my corner. Um so I met him once, he was very nice, but he's already, you know, clearly um sick and 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 uh but polite as could possibly be
1: right now i was thinking about
2: I, I never did see i never did see his dick except on the camera i mean i'm watching him you know squeeze that thing into Angel kelly it was like i'll be gosh darn <laughs> oh, <really>?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so i was thinking about um different actors um around that time period and i can't think of his name um the last name or first name was buck
2: Oh Buck Adams. Oh, I worked with him a million times. I won my first award working as Buck
1: Adams. That was him. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that,
2: uh, he he, he was, was in everything Chamberlain's um, brother. He was in everything. <laughs> well, because Buck was one of those guys who could do three scenes a day. <laughs> he just wow. a lamppost it was that he was that guy <laughs> wow <laughs> his, his, his erection his erection didn't seem to be connected to anything in this world um, Peter North was a, a wonderful fabulous performer but uh, um, Buck Adams was I, he was a special he was a special creature
0: <laughs> so um, but I mean so probably probably part of the benefit of working with you know that small pool of of actors uh you guys get to know each other and you know how the other one works so i mean obviously that makes for you know better you know working environment and when you're making the films it kind of becomes like almost second second nature right i mean you're not working with a new person yeah, and having to get was, to know it was, them it was
2: i did like I, I prefer working with my friends i mean it, of course it, uh, it just makes it more ple more more pleasurable, and because the pool was very small, I mean we're sort of a, a, a band a band of weirdos. <laughs> um, there was a camaraderie among amongst us because you know this is the beginning of the mainstreaming and mainstreaming of porn. So you know, video was the first technical technological spike in in getting the material out there. So now it could come into your home, and your wife could watch it with you, and and uh, and both a very so it was a very small group of people who are already. On the edges of normal society um, and we like working together you know and I, I, I never dated anybody off camera so all of my energy went into the on-camera experience um, to to try to make it fun for those at home as well um, now of course um, I go to, when I do work the business is Used to be a mile wide and half an inch thick. Now it's two miles wide and a quarter <laughs> inch thick, um, uh, meaning that I now I meet people who are new to me and quite a bit younger, still in their twenties, and who've been in the business three, four, five years, and I've never even met them. Wow. And you know, back when I started, the pool was smaller, and geography was that you couldn't be in the business six weeks and not meet me. I never met anybody. Who's new? Who had been in the business more than more than two months? And now I meet people who are new to me who've been in the business, you know, multiple years, and I'm like, what? <laughs> where, where? Huh? Wow. So that that's just that shows how spread out production has gotten since the advent of the uh, digital media, which really does mean everybody with a freaking you know iPhone forget the little tiny handheld cameras um, can be right. can be a, you know, a so called mm-hmm. pornographer. Um,
0: Especially with like things like it Vine does. and things like that, and Twitter and, and everything. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It, it's, well, yeah exactly. Access is so, so much you know, more widespread. Any, but
2: any, any individual performer, male or female, can if they are entrepreneurial in attitude and hardworking in in their character, can you can make a living, but not a killing. Right. In this business, and so you can keep body and soul together if you have low overhead and don 't need to drive a fancy car um, but if you 're also if you 're a sexual artist, the internet is a positive thing because it lets you. Keep beating your drum and pulling people to you who share your thing. Um, For me, I beat the drum and it was video. Back when video was being disseminated like dandelion Mm -hmm. seeds and going everywhere, and the pool was smaller, so I was in a larger percentage of material than I am now. And so, if but if you are, I've been doing this thirty-one years. So if you were eighteen when I started, you're pushing fifty now. If you started watching me when you were a little younger you're 40 now
1: <laughs> right
2: and so these are you know those are grown up people so i have a, I have a reach that someone younger can't quite get so they can go more places more quickly because of the internet but it's harder to become a known entity um because the competition is so much more vast you know it's just just anybody and and their sister is is you know, can do porn now, and so finding your audience, making sure that you pull the people to you that can pay your rent for your life, it's going to take a bit longer. But because sexuality is so infinitely variable, if, you, if an individual performer has a very strong thing that they are or do, then if they just keep at it, they, can find, they will collect the people who need to know who they are. Right. Uh, because when you are communing with your favorite performer in a sexual manner, even though it's with a video in, in between, it's still a personal relationship. And so if you are a person with a very a very um, unusual sexual fetish and you find someone who produces regularly images of uh, and movies of that fetish, you will be that person's fan for the rest of your life. And, you, and so you, a performer collects a few dozen of these people they can sustain uh the performer for uh for for many many years
0: yeah cuz that was going to uh, be another one of my questions is smart. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you know what? What do you think it takes now to even stay relevant in the industry? Because, like you said, with the advent of the internet, um, so many more people have an opportunity to to start, like you said, expressing themselves sexually and getting into porn and, and things like that. Um, but what do you think? It's it's probably even harder now to try and stay relevant for an extended amount of time. Would you Would you agree?
2: Well, if the, if the, so, you can't stay relevant to to everything so you have to the the reason i can have been done my the reason i've been able to be okay in this business for thirty years is i basically am a sexual person i have an alternative sexual viewpoint i have very strong sexual beliefs and attitudes and i and i feel a need to share them mm-hmm. so i've been on i've been on i've been in porn for as much my own my own needs as any desire to make a living certainly that was a side benefit But if I wasn't pretty enough for porn or exhibitionistic enough for a camera, sex and sexuality would still be a prime interest in my personal life. Mm -hmm. I would have studied it differently. I would have been a very active swinger. I would have been deeply into the kink scene. I would have been been a non-commercial sex freak.
0: So so it would have been a part of your life. A pure hobbyist,
2: so to speak. Um, But in my work, I would have been a midwife. I would have been a therapist. I would have been working with the body somehow. So if you're going to be relevant... In any artistic endeavor, it helps to be into what the thing is. You, you guys like doing a talk show. You like having interesting people on your show and talking with them. Or right now you're listening to me, but in general, a conversation. <laughs> no, and so definitely. That's no, it this make is you great. Relevant because you are interested in what you're doing. And so if you are truly interested in what you're doing, you're going to pull people to you because authenticity pulls, pulls what it needs
0: mm-hmm. to it. Exactly yeah, and, and I, I I totally agree, but I was you know you said you know you would be you know doing something else, at least something with the body, and I wanted to kind of ask you about about this um, uh, up until a certain point in your life, uh, you were actually a nurse, is that correct
2: yes i i I am a nurse by training, but not by profession, so I started going to nursing school in my twenties, I started dancing during my sophomore year. I started making movies during my junior year on the weekends, mm-hmm. and then went into movies full time in 1985 when I graduated. When so I was born. I have my of science in nursing. I got my diploma and I got my license, and, but I've never earned a paycheck as a nurse. So okay. it, uh, but having, for for me having an an undergraduate degree in. Having a degree in nursing has been a much better preparation for my job than having a degree in English Lit or having a degree in sociology, although that would not have been a bad thing, or having a degree in uh, marketing. All that certainly would be helpful because I deal with the body, mm-hmm. hands on the body, having a a professional understanding of what the body is and also, more importantly, a professional detachment uh, to the bo- uh, from the body, I can both be totally into it and but not be squicked out by it because I'm a I'm a biology person, and so what the body does and what the body needs and what the body requires doesn't bother me. It, I don't I don't take it personally. I don't think it's icky, um, and <laughs> so you know, being a sex worker is not for the squeamish.
0: Not at all.
1: Now, do you think you're, you you're know, because- do you think you're in the minority of because um, the misconception with adult videos and everything is, you know, maybe they're they're sluts and uh, you know just started off as dancers and never doing did anything else, and you know, mm-hmm. it's. Do you well, think you're in the minority people, that people, that went to college and and has done that?
2: Well, I, that, the the demographics of who is involved in adult entertainment has absolutely changed, and and people like. Um, me and Annie Sprinkle have had something to do with that. So when I started, um, I was the only college-educated person in front of the camera. Uh, No, no, that's not true. Uh, Veronica Hart. She has a theater theater degree from uh, the University of Nevada, Hmm. Las Vegas. So Veronica Hart was a college graduate, but in, in theater. Then I was the only college graduate for years. Um, you know, Portia Lynn had a couple of years of JC, and so and so had a year of, you know, but, but, in terms of the term, pardon me, in terms of a college degree, I was the only one for years. Now, uh, because of the Internet, women are, women who are young enough to be my daughter, who have grown up in a, in a post-Nina world, and who are themselves sexually interested people, and did their homework like I did, and did their research, and looked into who's out there, what's out there. Some of them came across my writings or, or saw me on a video um, talking about sex in a non-pornographic way. But these are just women who are who are like who are like I was 30 years ago, right. and they've come into porn. After having gone to college, so Veruska James has an accounting degree, and Ella Darling has a degree in library science, and um, uh, Kinky Gaga uh, was a paralegal, and um, you know Casey Calvert um, it has had a couple. Of, so just more and more women with more education are coming in because they are sexually alt slash queer slash. Unusual um, entrepreneurial, uh, want to be their own bosses. Sexuality is interesting to them, it, as, as a topic of art, as a topic of uh, sociology, as a topic of feminism, as a just you know, sex intersects with everything. So in in modern uh, school, if you go talk to people going to school, everyone's talking about the intersectionality of X, Y, and Z, right. and yeah. so. So so nowadays, with the Internet, with the idea that I can be my own boss, I can run my own business, and I I, I I am the business. So more people are coming into it and figuring out how does pornography intersect with my other interests and how can I combine the two to make a living and be my own boss.
0: It's very interesting because, um, like he said, you know, there was a certain perception at one point, and I guess it's still not um, advertised. Well, it's still per there. I mean,
2: and, and then and then we have them, there's, there's, there's still plenty of people who barely got out of high school. I mean, don't get me wrong, but the the because the population of performers has exploded. Mm-hmm. There's going to be more of everything. So instead of just being one college educated person, now there are dozens of college educated people. Um, and, and and don't forget, you know, there's there's there is porn from Porn Valley, i.e. the remnants of the porn industry that got all the press in the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. um, has died back, and uh, the things that are covered by Adult Video News Magazine or X-Biz um, Magazine, um, you know, the novelty section is going very strong, so the sex toys and sex gizmos and, and um, dildos and, and gear and lube, and that that, that sex sector of the market is doing really, really well.
0: Things as like pure romance, for example. As more
2: people demand a better sex life at home, um, so and and then don't forget the kinds of people I run with. I'm going to be around people who have more education. Um, I don't do, you know, I, I don't go around. I, I'm not on sets where certain kinds of memes are propagated um, because I'm just not. That, I'm not going to do the gang things. I'm not going to do the cockies. I'm not going to do the um, bang bros or the um, or the you know, sex audition, the, the, the casting couch movies It's just not going to happen um, because I'm who I am. If I'm brand new in the business, um, oh, wow, what would I do? <laughs> if, if I was my 25-year-old so if, if self, of course, I'd be some kind of media, some kind of tech savvy in a way that I'm not. So I can see the generational divide between um, uh, being... Uh, comfortable using um, computers and, and cross plat- cross promoting on different platforms and having your Instagram, um, you know, blended with your Tumblr, blended with your um, Reddit, blended with your you know, your Twitter. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that these things are that that you can do with a couple of clicks here and there, and um, so I, I do see that part of the generational things. So I don't know how my twenty five year old self would fare in the modern in the modern uh, world.
1: Yeah, I think I think the business now is extremely saturated, I, extremely, with, with just so many that have, like, it, we've talked about the with the, the Internet and everything else. I mean, everyone, it's, you know, kind of like tattoo artists. Everybody thinks they're one. Yeah, You know, yes. it's the same yes, thing.
2: Yes, 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 yes. That's a great analogy. Oh, yeah. my goodness. And, you know, and if, the, for smart people, they will find a way to make it here. They'll find a way to make it in this world. Um, and it, they, they need to because... For all the yapping from the outside, you know you should you know respect yourself and find something better to do. The women who have tried to leave porn and gotten gotten certified in other way, in another lines of work. There's one particular one I Gage. I think her her name is Gage. Um, she three different times did the schooling and got certified for three different jobs. I think what was a dental hygienist, a vet assistant, something else. I mean, it's really, you know, good good low, good entry level professional track jobs. Each time when it was outed by someone that she had done porn, she was fired. And mm-hmm. so now she's back in porn. So she did what they told her to do. Get training in something else, you know, have a life after porn. She tried to do that and they said, Oh my gosh, ew, it you know, get away from here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the for all the so so the, the sex phobia and the the erotophobia of the mainstream culture that both uses our products and yet can't stand to be near us is alive and well
0: so that stigma still carries over when you guys try to do different things
2: you know make it make it illegal to discriminate against somebody um, with a clean record uh, uh, because they have it because they have a job that makes you uncomfortable
0: yeah, so that stigma still carries, you know, even to this day, yeah. even though we, when we feel like we're still we're more liberal uh, culturally in a sense, um, it's still uh, alive and prevalent, in the, and it's sometimes surprising, but it is still there.
2: Hmm. Um, very much so, very much so. And pe- pe- people in positions of power um, are free to let their discomfort override the quality of the person in front of them um, or their unwillingness to face any blowback from somebody else, when they discover what, the, what she did, it's like, well, that's what she used to do. She's not doing it now. She's not doing it here. So shut up and get back to work.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: right. So Nina, I'm going to go back in time here. How did you get started dancing out of college?
2: I started a dance. I I started dancing when I was going um, coming home from San Francisco State, and I met on the on the uh, streetcar in San Francisco, one of my first girl crushes, I think it was my first girl crush from high school. Um, her name is Karen, and she was just, I just thought she was the sexiest thing ever, and I just wanted to just get naked with her in the worst way.
1: You can tell and us what she looks like if you want to. <laughs>
2: um, well, she was, she was short, she was um, petite, so she's the kind the kind of young, the kind of woman who, you know the short women who get their boobs by 12 or 11 or 12 years old and yes. those big, pillowy, big-pillow pigeon chests that just have the deep, deep cleavage, and you can't help but look at their cleavage because they're so much shorter than you. You look down at them. Exactly. they have a shirt on button, you can't help but see it.
0: Being a tall person, it's and a I'm struggle. I'm
2: only 5'4", so she's barely five one. I mean, so I couldn't, and, and I just found her face very pretty, um, and the chest just mesmerized me because
0: boobs um, <laughs> exactly
2: <laughs> right right boobs 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 make everything better It goes, you know it's better with boobs you know oh my gosh and oh, and her parents were very liberal so she's you know one of the first people i knew who was you know fucking her boyfriend in her own bedroom with her mother's full knowledge and support this is the 70s in wow. berkeley you had to love it yeah <laughs> and so i hadn't seen her since you know high school and here was that four years later and she um, was clearly going the full artistic mode. She, already, she, she had visible tattoos before it was popular. She had pink hair before it was popular. She was the full-on capital A artist. Nice. Full. No. And, and she told me she was dancing at this at the um, uh, Sutter Street Cinema and that you can go do amateur night, and if you did well in amateur night, you can get a job. And I would already wanted to do... I've been fantasizing being a, being a well, I I tell people I make porn because I'm too chicken shit to be a whore um, but the idea <laughs> uh, in the 70s of the sacred prostitute the, the feminist, before the feminist got full on split over the whole sex thing, back in the 70s the early discussions about female sexuality that I was reading from the feminist perspective, from the lesbian perspective was that female sexuality the powerful thing and how the the myth of female sexual subordination, the myth of female weakness, was a product of the um, taking over from matriarchal or earth-based religions by the bossy sky god religion specifically um, Christianity that spread over over um, Europe. You know, mm-hmm. I'm very interested in pre-Christian white people; they, they have instinct theology. And so, that's where you used to hear about, you know, the, um, in ancient uh, mythology, the snake was a symbol of wisdom, and in the switching of it, in taking over, again, in appropriating pagan iconography, in the service of propagating the Christian, the new Christian mythology, they take the symbols that had been revered in the pagan culture, the snake, the um, the sexual aspect of uh, womanhood, um, the healing aspect of sexuality, the wisdom of the uh, great mother. And that is subsumed into, no, that is now the whore of Babylon. The snake is the one that deceives Eve.
3: Hmm. Eve
2: is now, woman is now taken from man as opposed to being his equal, et cetera, et cetera. So all that made sense to me because I'm queer. And so for me, as for, for a queer person, our first filter is sexual in some nature mm-hmm. if, if 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 for me everything is sex so the idea of being a I never understood sex having to have monogamy I never understood monogamy I never understood the concept of monogamy it made no sense I never understood the concept of only being able to have sex within love relationships and we're talking about 8, 10, 11 years old this didn't make it made no sense this right. in, mm-hmm. I felt like Spock it made no sense why <laughs> does it have to be that way because as a burgeoning queer person I realized that for me sex is the first the first lens with which I look at anything. So for me, it's always intersection of sexuality and fill in the blank. So the idea of being I hated a prostitution was illegal because for me, I'm well-suited for prostitution. I'm well-suited if I'm not going to be arrested, made sick, or physically hurt. I am well-suited to meeting people on the sexual level right away. I'm interested in that. I, I, I like to meet people on that level. I like to touch their bodies. I like to be close to them. I like to figure out what's going on here.
3: Right. I don't know why
2: I'm this way, <laughs> but I am. So for me, pornography, with its, with its requirement that I get naked with people, the requirement that I have sex with them, and the requirement that I don't be in love with them, and I don't cause a fuss, and I don't make it weird, was, for me, perfect. It was, pornog- was, uh, was prostitution-adjacent. You know, in California, pornography was legal to make um, and actually got the full legality in 1988, the whole other story. So I got into porn because that's where the naked ladies were. I got into porn because that's where I could touch bodies and work on my own issues and get paid and, more importantly, ha, 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 germinate the world with my idea of sex, with my vision of sexuality, with my... showcasing role modeling of a healthy sexuality because nina is a construct what would a feminist porn star look like well but she believes So I am exhibitionistic, I am bisexual, I am a non-monogamous, I am messianic, I am a nurse, I am a healer. And so if I can't flip a shingle and see individual clients, I will make pornography and send the movies out there to land where they will. And enough have landed in ways that have helped people that have gotten back to me that I know that for me, I did the right thing. I'm not sorry, I picked porn i'm sorry i didn't divorce earlier i'm sorry i didn't get smart about money sooner but i'm not sorry i picked porn because it's still most fascinating to me i still love being around naked people and going what's this this? (laughs) you know and i have to tell you guys porn is full of naked ladies
1: that's true exactly it's
2: awesome
1: so it's safe to say you're a boob person (laughs)
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm a body person. I mean, yes, I, I what, with the right kind of cleavage, I turn into a 14 year old boy, and and who'll do anything to make the boobs not leave the room. A, na- a natural busty girl um, in a corset with that low cut, ruffly blouse, and that long cleavage line. I'm just, I'm a goner. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and uh, and the nice ladies will let me speak to their chest, and, and the smart ones dress for it. You can you can tell when she's, when you can tell when a woman is not afraid to leave with her best asset. She's wearing a corset and a little cut blouse over it. You can feel safe to say that if you ask, may give you a compliment on the way you look. That you'll get why of course you can. Um, and uh, this is why I, I you know I I'm you know but I like I like ass I like bits, bitch but more <laughs> importantly I like enthusiasm. It's much more important, you know, things being, things being equal for grooming, hygiene, and basic manners, and intelligence. Um, I am interested in sharing sexual space with anybody once. Hmm. You know, this is where I want to meet Miley Cyrus, because she's, she's talking like I felt. Um, she says, you know, as long as it's legal and there's no kids and consenting, she says, I'm down to be with anybody who wants to be with me. I don't identify as boy or girl, and I don't need my partner to identify as boy or girl. And that's the way I feel. It's like, naked people wear where?
0: Mickey people? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm typically like people? boobs. Where? Like, where? Like, where are the boobs? Uh, no, that. That's wait, wait where are the boobs? Where yeah.
2: are? Where are the boobs? And if women yeah. would realize, if women would just understand the power they had over men, and they just were nice about it and stop being so angry about it, and 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 it's plain to be angry about in the gender wars, blah 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 blah. blah. But in any individual encounter between a heterosexual male and a heterosexual female. The female holds all the cards.
1: That's true. Very true. They
2: hold all the cards. Yep. If Because most guys are not rapists. Most guys are not lawbreakers. Many guys are clueless. Some are clumsy. <laughs> some are angry, et cetera, et cetera, But most guys in their heart of hearts are not rapists. Right. They're just desperate for some instruction, a little guidance here, a little feedback might be nice. hmm
3: <laughs> Yeah. So
2: I got into porn so I could learn to talk about sex, and so I want to tell the, all the ladies out there, in any individual encounter with a single heterosexual female and a heterosexual male where both are single, nobody's drunk, you know, you've got plenty of time, the women hold all of the cards. And so all she has to do is identify within her what does she feel comfortable with today, and then using her words, tell the gentleman... What might be on offer? You know, I like you a lot. I like to get to know you better. I'm down for a heavy make out, heavy making out session and watching you jerk off. What do you say?
0: <laughs> Enough people don't use their words when it comes to expressing right? what they want. Right. And what they, and I'm one of, I, I'm one of those crazy. people.
1: Actually, I am one of those people. I don't talk about, I, I think it's planned that way. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just kind of like jump into but things but you and
2: you see have what to, happens. You, um, so, so, so there is, when with, a, when with a new partner with whom one does not have a shared vocabulary of experience, language, fantasies, etc., one must use one's words. There's a way to make it flirtatious and playful and not check, 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 going down the list, right. man, okay, if I touch your boob. But <laughs> learning how to, in a, in a playful way, address the elephant in the room and address what is, what is true. Um, without that feeling, so I, I, I deal with mostly queer folk uh, in my in my sex dealings. So these are people who have decided that they need to get the sex they want, they need to learn to use their words fully, and those are also including words surrounding surrounding feelings. So the it's not planned. So here, so it's not planned. But when I am going to play with a new person, I've never played with this person before. We have agreed that we have a mutual interest, we have a mutual um, attraction, desire um so that that's going on and so when i play with somebody new who i'm not don't forget i fuck a lot of people i'm not dating we're not romantic partners we don't curl up on t in the couch and watch tv eating popcorn i have a (laughs) husband for that (laughs) yeah um the so this we're talking about you know People I play with, and 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 they in turn they have their people at home with whom they watch TV, and um, they're in their robes and watch, eating popcorn. So these are people that in my wider
0: social circle. So these are people so, who are like you know they're on we, your level and they're on your in your comfort zone. They are kind of right in the same exactly. But m- so mindset. let's
2: but let's say I was going to be with someone. Let's say Kyle, I was going to be with you.
0: Okay, there you go, buddy.
2: As a for instance, <laughs> or Bubba, or maybe you, Kyle. You the three of us together. So I would say. You know what you do. You you build the playground in which spontaneity can happen. The fences on the play it could be an octagon. It could be a triangle. It can be a big circle. But the the boundaries of the playground in which you can run around, and scream like a banshee, and chase the ball without getting hit by a car mm-hmm. are the <laughs> physical behavior limits that will keep me comfortable and present. So so I have to know as a, as a person. I have to know what are the physical, absolutely no can do mood breaker behaviors. Nothing up you know and they can be whatever they are. Mm -hmm. Nothing up my butt. Don't use these words. You can you know, don't put your hand on my neck. Don't um, uh, ask before you spank. My right nipple is a bit tender, so don't you know? Don't touch it. Um, you know, if and so, and then you, and so each person, each person in the room will put up their boundaries over what will, what they want their body to experience, for which they can show up, be fully present, and have a good time. And I agree what your boundaries are, and you agree what my boundaries are, and then ding, 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 we're off to the races. Then so we we create this space for spontaneity. So, this way you and I can be going along because what happens if you don't let the person know, by the way, if you put your hand on my neck, it triggers my rape from 15 years ago. Mm. You and she are having a nice time. She's kissing you back. She's hugging your leg. You're, it, it, this is really going nicely. You're, you're, right, and then yeah, you right. just play, and without, with completely innocently, you slide your hand up and graze her neck, and all of a sudden she stiffens, yeah. it mm. stops, and you wonder, what I do? So, if I know that certain things will take me out of the mood. It behooves both of us if I shall tell you these things.
0: Yeah, better to know up front it than behooves to be surprised. you to hear
2: that I will not put anything in your butt, but I will certainly get within half an inch of it. Don't worry, I will not try to do anything, but we're going to see how hot you can get around it. You know, So we have to talk about these things. So then when we do start making out, we can be spontaneous, and we know where the edges are, and we know we know. How to steer the pony, and we'll have a mutually fun time. Enough to go. You know what? That was fun. You valued my boundaries. I valued your boundaries. We can do this again, etc., etc., etc. So there is a practical, the practical way to handle things, so that you can be spontaneous within that.
1: Now, the butt thing, you can pass off as an accident, right?
2: <laughs> no, you never do that. Never do that. That's fourteen-year-old boy shit. <laughs>
1: Has, 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 has that ever ass. happened? You has see. that ever happened to you?
2: Um, that well, you weren't yeah, expecting in, in, in it? Women, it the, just happened. In women, the two holes are rather close, um, <clears throat> so it. it uh, but um, so yes, I had I had some accidental anal. Yes, I've had accidental anal, um, and luckily, but that but that's my behavior there. This, if you want anal, learn to ask for anal. If you want to play with butts, learn to ask to play with butts. If you want people to play with your butt, learn to ask for that. Yeah, uh, What you do not do is get the person drunk and see what happens. Oh yeah, Because absolutely. you can you cannot sneak up on a butt.
0: No. People know. No. <laughs> yes. And no, so, very but true. you know, when
2: you talk about butt sex, people giggle. They you know they have very strong emotional reactions to the concept of it. Most of which are cultural baggage, and some of which are their own discomfort with the idea. The reality of anuses is they are universal. They are not exit only, they are a tube, tubes go both ways, and all, and they're heavily innervated and are designed to feel good. If you've ever had a really amazing poop that felt so good for two seconds,
0: <laughs> yep. you
2: understand that the, you understand the capacity of the anus to be pleasurable is just there. Any issue we have with it, barring health issues, is cultural baggage stored in our asses. <laughs> so making friends with my own butt, making friends with one's own butt is something one does alone, in private. I have a couple books I can mention in one's own time. And by the time a person can honestly tickle the outside of their butt and enjoy it while masturbating, that's 80% of quote-unquote anal. That's, and that's per, 80% of anal is personal. Oh. work through your own shit, and learn how to make friends with your butt. Then you can say to a partner, you know, I'd sort of be interested in discussing anal eroticism, which does not mean a dick in an anus. It means anal eroticism. Right. Most people who like anal don't ever put dicks in asses, but there's other things to go. And men have prostate. So all alone, it's something you do all alone. No one has to know. But if you've ever had a really good poop that was one of the hydraulic ones that was just like boom over and you look down and it's 8 inches long, you
0: get the picture. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Yep, who hasn't?
1: I don't think I don't think anal is as taboo as it used to be considering how Correct. how much is out there now and how, you know, things yeah. have changed.
2: And, and and pegging video and pegging videos are very popular, but still, you know, the quickest way to make a room giggle is to mention anything about butts. mm
3: mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah,
2: and so that so that that's and also makes makes men again because so much of anal eroticism you handle on your own it is very personal and no one again no one has to know you're doing it and it will lead you through an incredible minefield and memory journey about your whole life and and the thing so the things that a person has to confront and resolve on the way to making friends with their butt. Is pretty profound but i'm a berkeley hippie and <laughs> everything being equal for consent safety hygiene if my body want if my body says i like this it gets to have it of
3: course. and
2: if i stop myself from having it that's my bullshit what's going on here let's look at this and so you 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 know so when i was learning how to enjoy anal roboticism you know i would I would clench for three seconds and relax for half a second and clench for three seconds and relax for half a second. Then I would clench for three, relax for one. And so finally, it was one for one. And after many months, it's after, well, now it's been years since I've, did, since I've done that work, but in the end, I can now, instead of being able to relax into the intense pleasure for barely half a second, I can hang out in anal erotic land for half an hour. So being able to permit ourselves that level of pleasure is very revolutionary. It's very counterintuitive. It is extremely provocative in terms of making ourselves deal with our own conditioning, experience, um, um, uh, religious indoctrination, our shame, our our fear of whatever it is. But really learning how to hang out in the damn, this feels good
3: zone (laughs) is really...
2: It, it's profound. It, if, if everyone would do that, I mean, we would still need therapists, but it, it would take the place of a lot of therapy because we need, we need, as a nurse, I see firsthand the pain people are in when they cannot inhabit their bodies comfortably, when they cannot be with themselves in a room by, alone without distracting themselves or drugging themselves or drinking themselves or anything to, anything to avoid being with themselves. So we have to find a way to get people back into their bodies. Luckily, pleasure is a very effective way to do that because pleasure feels good. And luckily, most bodies have an automatic pleasure-generating system called the sexual response cycle. Congenious. And we have these things <laughs> called arms. And at the end of our arms are things called hands, which are just <laughs> the right length. Good
1: point. That's oh, hard. my
2: God. Wait. Wait, like we're tailored wait, for ourselves. That's crazy. So most, any able-bodied person who cares to do this work can do this work. It can start right now. It can start at any time. And I urge people to do it because being able to be in your skin and hang out with yourself and not feel horrible is a nice place to get to. It's really useful. It's really nice, and it frees up energy for other stuff um so it it's most uh, which is why of course i believe that people who are um who are disabled and unable to do this as part of my mental health plan if i was king of the world um would be you know uh, happy ending massages would be part of the the uh, mental health program in this country everyone would have at least one session a month with someone who do did body work we call sexological body work and uh, ending up with a with a hand job because it's just Required. people need touch, people need this, and people you don 't get it, you go psychotic and you do we shoot up room full of people? maybe we don 't know you know what causes people to snap, but one of the things that do that does breed psychosis is isolation and the feeling of isolation and the lack of touch um, and so, as speaking as speaking of a healthcare professional touch touch therapy is vastly underutilized and underrated. Um, as a uh, effective thing, but you know, we grief counselors understand holding someone's hand while you're talking helps a lot. A hand on a shoulder. I mean, it's really it's 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 not rocket science, but we treat it like it's rocket science.
0: I like hugs. I'm a hugger. <laughs> hugs are
2: awesome, and they've done the they've done the math. I think we need you know six hugs a day for for minimum minimum mental health, and most people don't. And if you're the den so you know we. The whole thing that what about single guys? You know, single women at least have girlfriends, and we're allowed to hug our girlfriends and and hold hands and be they touch shoulders. If men don't have a mate, fuck you, motherfucker! You don't get no touch, <laughs> <laughs> and that's just wrong. I, and that's just that it leads to anger and sadness, and and um, and you know, yeah, I will go pay for a lap dance just to have someone smile at me and and, and be not happy to see me. Yet, yes, I yes I will. And I just feel bad for uh, people in this culture because there's just no socially acceptable way for single people, especially single men, to have physical contact that's not considered creepy or icky or or predatory or anything like that. It's it's really heartbreaking.
0: Sorry, right. I have a, I have a girl at work that uh, that I'm friends with, and she and I um, she and I hug quite a bit. So I, nice. I make sure that Lucky at least you. I at least have Yay. that in the workplace and. And he
1: keeps track. Yeah. There's I mean, one. I have, I have there's tallies. two. I yeah. have tallies. No, every day.
0: <laughs> no. Well,
2: that's nice. No, hugs are great and, and cuddling and just being able to sit on the, you know, being able to sit on the couch with your legs flung over somebody and in that way that we get to when we're in college. But once you're an adult, no, no, we can't do that unless we're dating.
1: Or, you'll throw, or you'll throw your back out.
2: <laughs> right. There, and then there's that. Let's not Yes, yeah, Exactly so. so. you get, this.
1: You have to stretch beforehand. Yeah.
2: Totally, Um, but there's there's, there's something out there called cuddle parties, cuddleparties dot com. I think, and they're awesome. They're they're a great way to meet people. They are not sexual. There's no leg humping permitted. It's just learning how to get, learning how to take comfort in the the sheer puppy, the contact of a puppy pile, and learning how to separate closeness from a requirement that it becomes sexual, and then learning how to use your words.
1: So basically,
2: learning how to use your words.
1: Marvin Gaye was a genius by with sexual healing because that's all it is. Absolutely. All right.
2: How many people have that? Movie, how many people have that song gotten laid? I want to know. It's know, a great right? Song <laughs> and it's really, really true.
0: It's got to be like a world record or something of just how many people. Well, have him and Barry White. You
2: um, know, I think I've and 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 Barry White and what's the other one? The other uh, Teddy Bengegrass.
1: Yeah. Oh, of course. Very white talk too much in his songs, though. It got a little bit. It, it sidetracked me.
0: Well, I mean, Shut he was kind of giving sing, you. instructions. Dude. Well, he was also giving you instructions as well. So he's kind of maybe you yeah, that's right. why
1: that's why I don't talk because I had someone doing it for me for yeah. the years. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: there you go. <laughs> that's very funny. Um, you know, but I would like to see women. You know, women conditioned in, in a way that allows them. I mean, I never cared about slut-shaming, uh, but then I went to school in Berkeley in the 70s and people could have sex or not have sex in my peer group and that was neither elevated nor denigrated. You know, plenty of people got out of school virgin and plenty of people were fucking in high school and it was just, it was no big deal I'm in the theater department. Um, and it behooves, and it's in, our, in our culture, women, it's in, in our culture, women own all the keys to sex or it's illegal. Obviously, men can suffer sexual assault. There are a lower number of, of assault victims in general. Of course, they can get, it. We're, obviously, we're talking here. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. male on female sex assault. And if, so we, we, we double, men and women are men and women in our culture are each maladapted in different ways. So men are fed one bunch of lies, for one purpose, and women are fed another bunch of lives for a different purpose, and they are at cross purposes with each other. So I've always thought, just as the Klan cleverly used skin color to keep the lower classes of blacks and whites from banding together mm-hmm. against the rich folk in, in uh, Reconstruction South, so has the, power, have the powers that be caused men and women to fight each other and see each other as the enemy. Instead of realizing, wait, no, it is the it is the you know monotheistic, sex-negative, um, capitalistic culture that keeps us from you know getting along much better. There's no reason for men and women to be to be enemies. Uh, most people are heterosexual. Most men need a woman person to be happy, and most women need a man person to be happy. And so to have at, to have them at mistrusting each other's motives is very very pernicious, in my view.
1: So, was your first sexual experience with a with a man or a woman?
2: i um, 18 years old. Was a really good year for me because I had my first girl <laughs> and my first guy. Wow! Um, I think the the woman with the dudes um, uh, predated the woman with the woman by a, a bit, but my interest in both had been there since middle school. I mean, by the time I was 14, I already had i i knew the I knew I was a bisexual and exhibitionist and a voyeur. Um, I wish I had known the word poly and queer and pansexual because that would have saved me a lot of grief. My 18-year-old niece is like me, and she at 18 knows already that she's pansexual, polyamorous, you know, and, and kinky. So she, and she has a much better library to pick from than I did. She has a much better circle of information, to. to so I've helped make the world a safer place for younger people like me me and Annie Sprinkle and Carol Queen and all the wonderful sex bloggers out there and the sex therapists and the sex teachers out there that have really, you know, been working the sex-positive angle now for 40 years. Um, so there's a greater pawn for my niece to to go swimming in, which is just lovely and divine. She, you know, whatever issues she has about things, it won't be the ones that I did. Um, and so but my... my um, 18th year was good, but I didn't start liking sex. I didn't start liking sex until my 20s. Um, I wasn't naturally good at it. I wasn't comfortable in my skin. Um, And so sex with boys took a long time to to really work for me. I I didn't understand that. You could move back and make it fun for yourself, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, so... I mean, kind of going along with, you know, you saying with your 18 year old niece who, who was a lot like you at, at that age, um, you know, you feel, you know, you're throwing around words like pansexual and things like that. And that's something that I have taken a lot more notice of these days. Um, you know, it seems to be kind of coming out more in the, in the culture as we become, like I say, more literal, liberal and more accepting of uh, different uh, sexual tones and attitudes and feelings and differences and things like that. Not only with just gays and lesbians and transgender people, but people who um, can identify on a whole. Different level with being pansexual and things like that. Do you feel like it makes it easier for uh, people like her to have sort of a label or some way to identify with trying without having to have a big long explanation?
2: Um, I think it does. It's a shorthand. It it means that that I'm not I'm not a normie, you know. Mm. Um, and and by that I mean you know heterosexual, uh, monogamous, and probably more um, fairly vanilla. Now there are plenty of heterosexual monogamous kinky people. We just don't know them because they keep it private because it's between them. It's not something they broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but for people who have sexualities different from, from regular, um, who have a more, who are, especially on the non-monogamy spectrum, it is very nice to have the term pansexual or polyamorous as a shorthand to say, I don't fit any particular sexual box. Don't assume that I only like my partners one at a time. And, you know, because from the years 18 to 24, that is when young people are teasing apart what of my training conditioning is true for me and what is an overlay on my natural self, which is something different. So while my, 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 the assumption, of course, in my family is that people are monogamous, because my, you know, that's what they are, um, although we we never had any direct conversation about it. So my bisexual feelings, You can be bisexual and monogamous, but I'm non-monogamous. I didn't have any language for that. And so I wonder what was wrong with me, and why couldn't I commit? Why couldn't I be happy with one person? So I realized I can't be happy with one person because I'm not not monogamously oriented, so I'm not a one-person person. person. Um, I'm a many-people person. And so once I was able to accept that I wasn't failing at something, but I was actually fishing in the wrong pond, it, it helped a lot. Um, well, so, yes, I think it does, have, does, have, it does help to have language um, as a, sh- a shorthand. For example, a poly and a mono should probably not date.
0: Exactly, because that will definitely cause that unnecessary uh, tension and it kind of gets awkward and, you know, just a lot of. It we'll would get, uh, we'll get bad very awkward
2: because the poly person is going to feel constricted, restricted, and resentful and annoyed, and then the mono person is going to feel threatened and jealous and insecure and angry. And so this is not a basis for a relationship. Um, there, are way, there are ways to work with that if you really, really want to, but when we, when we stop assuming compulsory universal monogamy, as in every sane person is monogamous, every healthy person is monogamous, right?
0: Yeah, and it, it, and it doesn't can, seem to be we, like... Then we can find yeah. people
2: like ourselves. I mean, for me, non-monogamy was a precondition of my getting with my current husband.
0: And that's another thing I wanted to, to ask you about. I mean, you know, you are mm-hmm. married, but you say you're non-monogamous. I am so, married. So, I mean, obviously, he's got to be of the same mindset as well for this to work, right?
2: Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, one one of the things I love both about him, of course, he's. it's very hard to find several things. It's very hard to find a heterosexual man who's had more pussy than I've had. <laughs> Just. Hey. But uh, my, my, my husband, um, my husband, you know, back, he, he had the heart of a slut, and in, during, during his 20s and 30s, he acted on it as much as he possibly could. And up to here, he's in his 60s now, and he, he still act on it as much as we can. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing I liked about him, his, his robust interest in all things female, since I'm also a mad pussyhound. So that, that, that meshed very well. And more importantly, he is not jealous or possessive, and it's very hard to find people. I've pretty much cured my jealousy. But he never had it. And finding a man a and, and he's also in the bedroom he is dominant. So finding a finding a, a manly dude who knows how to show a girl a good time who is not also insecure about who else I fucked or how many people I want to fuck or how many people I will fuck is so refreshing. You have no idea. Um no idea. Um and also and i and I like vanilla sex. I don't I'm not hundred percent kinky all the time. So if I need I need sex I can't get from my husband. So I just knew that I could not mate again with anybody who had any jealousy or possessiveness. Um, and my husband does not have jealousy or possessiveness, and we support each other in our in our uh, sexual escapades um, as much as he possibly can. I enable him in every way, um, and uh, he'll make himself scarce um, if he needs to for a couple of hours um, so I can have some fun. So it works really well for us. But it's not... It's not, the mo- important thing is, non monogamy is not better than monogamy, more evolved than monogamy, or more um, uh, enlightened than monogamy. Non monogamy is just your orientation, yes or no. What kind of non monogamous are you? That's as individual as a person. Um, and what kind of monogamous are you? That's also individual. Um, Dan Savage coins the term monogamish. <laughs> um, and so each couple gets to decide for itself what are the parameters of our agreement.
1: So, and said- as
2: long as each person stays within the parameters, e- everybody can be happy. Um, nobody. Um, so for me, because the people's not cheating because that is a part of our agreement. Um, and for somebody else, flirting is that not part of the agreement, and that would be considered cheating. So each couple has to have conversation using their words
0: <laughs> exactly that's the theme of the <laughs> um, day Use your not, words. not barry makes white's feel safe, words what
2: makes me feel yeah. respected what makes me feel horny i have to know these things about you or we're not going to get along very well
1: right now you said your husband didn't come to the table with jealousy um were you jealous right he, first? He,
2: he he was left out of it left out of him at the factory he's
1: <laughs> now were you jealous at first though
2: um before i met him so, I always had non monogamous fantasies. I never fantasized about him. I always fantasized about them. And the first threesome I put together was my idea, my first boyfriend, the first woman I ever slept with, and it was, just to put it short, a complete fiasco. Right. So, I had to struggle then with the I don't believe in jealousy, but there it was. I didn't believe in it but I had to face the fact that I was experiencing it. So that led me on a journey. (laughs) Um, And realizing that for me, jealousy is mainly about my insecurity. And once I understood the basis of it, um, it pretty much popped. Now, if I had been monogamous, I would never have felt a need to confront my jealousy because jealousy is normal. But if I was going to live the life I had in my head, of mad wild parties, rooms full of naked people and nobody being upset. Yeah. I was gonna have to handle my own bullshit because clearly I was in my own way. I just I didn't want my fantasies to bother anybody and so I have found that world now and my fantasies um are I get to I'm living out my sexual fantasies. I'm living in the world I always wanted, which is a world of like minded people who Even if we're never sex partners, we good vibe each other. And we don't require sex to be part, to be friends. We just require an open-mindedness. And one of my favorite stories is I have a lady friend. We circled around each other and flirted for three or four years. It finally was the right moment. We had a really great time together, and that was five years ago. I haven't seen her since, but I know she loves me and I love her. She's handling her life, and I'm handling my life. If we ever see each other again, it'll be all smiles (laughs) and genuine Happiness to see each other, and so that's the way that I like to roll. Um, so it behooves people to find out, to figure out what they are, if they can fish for partners in the correct pond. Don't go fishing for bass in a trout pond. You'll be unhappy.
1: Right. Now, if uh, uh, being a lover of the human body, do you prefer one-on-one or multiple?
2: Well, it depends on what itch I'm scratching that day. I personally um, love a one man. I, I love a girl, girl, boy threesome. Meaning, I get to have a, I get to have a partner of each gender because I like both. I like facilitating people having sex. I don't have to be the recipient of sexual attention. I like running a an orgy, making sure people have their drinks and their condoms and their gloves and their lubes and their baby wipes and stuff. So I, I like I like facilitating and enabling other people's sexual times to be fun and easy and effortless uh i like to play the sex fairy the the, the (laughs) sex fairy you know i just i've got to think of you and and if you're making you know you're making love to your girl i have magic fingers and you can have your private moment up top and i'll be doing what i do down below and you'll just you'll have your minds blown so i'm you know I'm i'm a professional and i am a i'm a caregiver so i can give people their emotional privacy because I have someone with whom I get to be emotionally naked. I have a husband, that I get to do the, the emotional intimacy, the emotional heavy lifting of intimacy. I do, I do have that in my life. I'm not a vampire. I have enough in my life that I can give to other people. I like doing that. Um, sometimes you just need someone to say, oh, try this angle. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh, that works really much better. Um, so I usually have an idea of what you can try, an angle, a pinch of this or that. Um, I have really good emotional insight into people's roadblocks so I can help, you know, if they're willing, you know, try thinking of it this way and maybe that won't hurt so much. Um, but I had to do my own personal work to get through my own stuff. And so I, I had to deal with jealousy, which is, for me, the manifestation of grief that my partner and I can't be everything to each other. Even though I don't want monogamy, um, so you know my husband has no vanilla, and I, we had to accept that years ago that there are certain parts of his sexuality and my sexuality that the other person cannot address, cannot touch, fondle, dance with, reflect, play with, period, mm-hmm. and that is a sadness, it's a melancholiness. You know, my husband has no vanilla, so if I want vanilla sex with a dude, I have to go elsewhere um, and that is the that is the well, the compromise that is the the what one does when one makes for real mm-hmm. one, one, yeah. it decides what's really important and what's not so important. You thought it was important, but actually when it comes to brass tax, I can live without that, but I can't live without this so if I'm going to mate, I could not live without the lack of jealousy. Right. I'll have cats. Nobody ever again in my life <laughs> yeah. will ever get to be angry with me for who I fuck.
1: You'll be the crazy cat sex fairy. Well, no, right.
2: so, man. Because, you know, for <laughs> me, when you're, not, when you're not with me, I expect you, the proverbial you, to be getting the sex you want. I never wanted to be any, before I even knew the word swinger, I never wanted to be everybody's anything, every, anybody's any, everything. And I never wanted anyone to be my everything. The pressure on that was just no way. Right everything i have to be your everything
1: it's a lot to ask
2: and of course being bisexual no one person could be everything for me because as much as i like dick pussy's pretty great
0: <laughs> and boobs i agree <laughs> boobs,
1: boobs.
0: boobs. <laughs> boobs. So,
1: make everything better they do so in any and going back to to movies for a moment was anything off limits
2: oh certainly um i for the longest time I didn't do anal, and I never was an anal specialist. I no longer do anal. My anal days are behind me um,
1: huh, no pun private. intended i
2: never <laughs> you know, I never did gang bangs, I never did rape scenes I never did um scenes that I considered vi- that I considered violent or degrading um I never did uh race play while I certainly work with black men, I never racialized it, so I never um used racial language in a scene or um play with that kettle of worms um let's see um obviously and then the big five animals kids poop death blood gotcha i don't do adult baby um i don't receive tickling at the heart limit and um let's see and clowns no clowns
1: no clowns
0: that's funny because bubba just bought a clown suit Uh, he's gonna go pick it up tomorrow (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, it's just, it, it just um, some people, are I don't have a thing? phobia, but I don't find them sexy, but there is a whole subgenre of clown sex. So go on the You're interweb and do a search for clown sex videos, and you'll find more really? than you'd think there would be. Really? I've
1: never even yes. considered
3: doing
0: there's a, a Google search for, of niche clown for everything. sex. <laughs> I had no idea. Like, be careful,
2: don't download free porn, because you can also get malware.
0: That's true. And,
2: um... And I also I realize I now should take a moment to talk about my charitable work.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. Is, Tell us about Woodhull.
2: Yes, thank you. I'm, um, there is a wonderful organization that everybody who's listening, if they would even commit to five bucks a month to support this organization, they'd be doing a good deed. And it is the Woodhull Sexual Freedom Alliance. And you can find it online at Woodhull, W O O D H U L L Alliance. Dot O-R-G. And it is the only organization that works at the intersection of sexual rights and human rights, um, which covers, of course, all kinds of areas that you wouldn't, think, um, you wouldn't think were connected. And it's a wonderful organization. We just had our annual Sexual Freedom Summit uh, in D.C., and uh, so you can start planning for next August. There's workshops and parties and networking, and it's it's a really great group of people. Um, and I am a firm believer in that sexual rights are fundamental human rights. And that that basically means bodily autonomy, the right to information, the right to family, the right to love whom you wish and live where you want and have access to health care um, and uh not be mistreated by the government uh, for example if we've won marriage equality but in 30 states it is still not illegal to fire somebody for being glbt wow. so i can get married on friday i get married on saturday and fired on monday hmm. i can marry my same-sex partner on on a, on a saturday and i can be fired on monday when i come in and say guess what i got married over the weekend um so you know same sex marriage is legal, but having discrimination is still legal in many places. job discrimination is still legal in many places. so what hold fights on those kinds of um avenues as well as for um, obviously the rights for reproductive justice and mm-hmm. um, the rights for women in labor not to be sh- women inmates in labor not to be shackled to the bed those kinds of things
3: oh, okay. so it's a very
2: worthy cause. Um, great group of people, very diverse, uh, folks on diversity, uh, woodhullalliance.org.
0: Well, that's, Excellent. that's really great. Yeah. yeah we're going to put that on our Twitter and our, yeah. our
1: Facebook and everything out there. Was great. Yeah, you. we'll definitely, Absolutely. yeah, we'll
0: plaster our so- social media with that website uh, to make sure that we can, uh, you know, bring more attention to this because it is very important, you know, with us as a society, um, you know, with, you know, our, you know with the gay marriage and, and everything becoming legalized. But like you said, there's still that discrimination out there. And when I talk with some of my conservative friends and they, you know, try to give me, you know, a hard time about being liberal about, cause my, my, one of my sisters is gay and she actually married her life partner, um, Um, A few months back, um, she had to go to another state to do it. And this was before it was legal all over the country. And I wasn't able to be a part of the ceremony. And that I'm I'm just kind of taking a look at it. And I'm just like, like, really, like, this is this is really a thing that's holding us back as a people. And um, and I just tell and I tell my conservative friends, I go, this is our second civil rights movement. I go, this is, we we are fighting for equality on a different level now. I, and I go, and it's it's on the same basis of what it was with black versus white back in the 60s. And uh, it, like I said, it's just, it's not necessarily because of a race. It's because of a, you know, of just a, a, a group of people. Decent, just being like,
2: decent human. Yeah.
0: Yeah. These are not bad you know, people. They're just, not doing anything it's, wrong. It's,
2: right. Well, exactly. Well, exactly that, that's the thing. Um, so because of the way sex is thought of it dealt with in our, in our culture, we feel we have, most people are stunted in their sexual development on the emotional level at around the ages of anywhere from three to seven years old mm-hmm. with shaming and, and I'm talking about kids who've been sexually abused, but just abused. I'm talking about kids who have the normal shame um, around their bodies and the get your hands out of your pants and is and absorbing the adult shame around it. Mm-hmm so that person grows up to be an adult person. And what little kids do when they are upset is, you meanie, you stop that. They haven't learned self-regulation yet, so they're still very affected by things outside of themselves, and they haven't learned yet how to separate their feelings from what's happening and take responsibility for their feelings. That is the job of the caregivers is to help the child learn that task. Task numero uno is you know emotional regulation and self-soothing. That is what every every person hopefully has been taught by the caregivers. Most mm-hmm. of us haven't. So when it comes to sex, as soon as something is triggered that's deeply disturbing or uncomfortable, they go revert in their 25, 35, 45, 55, 85 year old bodies. They revert to that emotional state of "ew, you stop that, you yeah. make me feel bad," right? And And so they still are looking, so something out there has to change so they can feel better. They cannot separate themselves from that person over there who's kissing their same-sex partner and my feelings in here going, ew, icky, icky, make it stop, make it stop. And I think I somehow think that I have the right to make it stop as opposed to, wow, that's so upsetting to me. What's going on here? Let me go investigate.
0: Yeah, and that's why, you know, I really...
2: because it's sex, we feel we have the the moral imperative to protect children and to stop that disgusting behavior. But it's only disgusting because you've been taught that
0: it's disgusting. Exactly, and that's why you know I'm I'm so glad that my parents never really raised me to you know make a distinction between one or the other. They never told me that that was bad and that was awful. Because when my sister finally came out to me, um, I just said, and I, I just I just looked at her and I said, okay and she oh just was, yay and she go was just brother like, yay yeah and and she and she was just like what do you have to say anything she goes is there anything wrong i go there's nothing wrong i go you're my sister and i love you no matter what and you know yay why, brother
2: yeah. woo brother exactly. your i'm <laughs> um, exactly exactly so it's just you know i yeah go you go and, and go your parents you know um, I take your parents are in their sixties um, or younger.
0: Uh, yes, my my dad is um, uh, fifty six and my mom is uh, sixty now. So yeah, so uh, your my dad, mom... my,
2: your dad and me are the same age. So so we came. So don't forget. So we came of age in the seventies mm-hmm. when this was all it was, was all peace, love and and good vibes. And so, some of it stuck. Mm-hmm. And they really understood that you know, the, the feminist movement had to happen because men needed to be saved out from their boxes as much as women needed to escape from their boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the tight strictures over male emotional expression and male job choices was just as rigid um, as it was for women and equally poisonous to both, and it mm-hmm. just had to happen. Um, so and, and so people like your parents... Um, Totally, That means your mother got out of high school in 1974, rock on, hello. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the full-on height of it all. Uh, no matter, And no matter where they were living, it could not have escaped their school in terms of just the, the zeitgeist, just the, the change in fundamental belief about men and women and who's responsible for what and the body and sex. And so you are the second-generation person who gets raised to think it's cool that his sister's gay what's the big deal so it worked
0: Mm -hmm. exactly yeah with my mom i mean she never yeah and i and i and my mom and actually my mom more so than my dad because um i lived my my parents they separated a very early when i was very very young um so i lived with my mom for the first part of my life and my mom is more so than my dad you know just really that kind of laid back very liberal you know didn't really you know you know put down any sort of interest I had, didn't try to hold me back from anything. Definitely told me the basics of right and wrong, definitely. I mean, she's got a strong slap, right. don't get me wrong. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but she, she definitely put me in line when need be. But uh, but yeah, when it came to things like that, things in culture, she really just left it up to me to make my own decision on how I perceived it and not to, not to go into it thinking about right and wrong, just to get understanding.
2: Well, cool. I'm sure I'd love to meet your mom. Sounds like
3: a cool lady. Oh, she's, my she's sister's awesome. Age. Well, it's oh, What's kind
1: of what's kind of odd is I came from complete opposite. I had older parents, and mm-hmm. we didn't talk about sex in the house. I never had the talk. So no, my parents neither. It yeah. was it was this. It was a very hush hush. No one talked about it, and I'm very thankful. I also have a a gay sister, and it was funny because well, it wasn't funny at the time. But when she came out to my parents, they wouldn't talk to her for about three years basically yeah. kicked her out and you know i had to see all yeah. that and like Kyle i i was like okay that's cool <laughs> you know if that's who you want to be I'm, I'm so glad she
2: had so glad she had you do your parents ever like relax a bit
1: They did eventually They did eventually yeah,
2: good, good. um but my my, bro- my brother's very religious and when he found out what i did he he barely spoke to me for 25 years and he's barely started now um yeah. so he and i will probably be permanently semi-estranged um because he's so uncomfortable with what i do it just brings up so much stuff for him and and because what's happened in his life that um that uh i don't think i'll let my sister and i are much closer now um and my oldest brother and i would be close if we bothered talking to each other we don't dislike each other but the one brother um is just wild his wife hates what i do and he's wildly uncomfortable with with it luckily his kids are perfectly fine with it. And I get contact with my great nieces and nephews. It's not a problem.
0: That's good. That's good. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, uh, like I said, and, and not all families, I guess, you know, have the same kind of situation as ours do. And, you know, and it is kind of sad when, you know, it's like we, we all just kind of look at it and say, you know, why, you know, it's just something that it's not a disease. It's not anything terrible. You know, it, it's, it's fairly easy to accept when you can't accept it. But there are still folks out there that, are convicted to their beliefs and and they feel a certain oh, way. Yeah. yeah, I think times are changing for the and better, though. And I just
2: minimize my time with them. Although a lot of them still run, you know, run the country. That clerk in, I'm not quite sure what state, but she is. She's not gonna. She is not gonna give um, marriage licenses to same sex couples. And because you know, hell is hell and heaven's heaven. She's not gonna do it. And it is. Um, uh, you know, she's willing to take the consequences of her beliefs.
0: And sometimes, in 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 a sense, I guess sometimes you can respect conviction on a certain level when people you know stick to what they believe and they're not hypocrites about what they believe. But at the same time, it's like this isn't hurting anyone. Maybe you should try a little bit to kind of open up and understand a little bit. You know, we're not. And I think these these people see it as an attack on their religion, and I don't think it's that at all. It's just. You know, the Bible has always been, you know, Bible or Quran or whatever your religion is. It's always been subject to interpretation, and it's been interpreted a billion times over however, however course of history since it started. And so, it's like, why can't but you change the interpretation? See, this
2: is this is this is you being very liberal. I'm, a, I'm personally atheistic. Mm-hmm. When you, you, it's a, I do consider it. All a bunch of fairy tales. <laughs> <And> I'm, <laughs> of I'm a bad, bad, bad person. Um, so, when you try to get logic starting from illogic, you're not going to get anywhere. So, yes, they a sincerely held belief, but they also sincerely believe that they get to dictate to me what I do with my body or you oh, do exactly. with what you are with your body. And that's where I have trouble. I mean, I'm. I believe churches should be taxed or stay out of politics. I, be, you know, so I, I'm very much a left-to-center person. I'm mm-hmm. more than liberal. I'm probably pretty radical in some of my ideations. I'm also very conservative in some of my other ideations. I, in terms of personal responsibility and, and, um, you know, not feeling like a victim. I look back at my own sexual experiences and think, huh, okay, they weren't all, you know, they weren't all fabulous. Um, mm-hmm. I was never injured or hurt or anything like that, but I realized now have, if I wanted to interpret that that time with that boy differently, I could have said I was raped or molested or assaulted
0: of course but i yeah. didn 't
2: see it that way at the time mm-hmm. and I't see it that way now, but depending on what language I was taught to use about it, I could have a sensation of victimhood now, I could have really very strongly different Um, reactions to things that have happened to me in the past, just by being a sexually curious woman who was experimental.
0: All right. Well, okay. Well, I mean, and this has been great and, um, and, you know, and I really do enjoy (laughs) And
2: where do you go from there, Nina? I have no idea. No, no, it's
0: just, uh, no, it's just, it's just, uh, he and I never really engage in a whole lot of, you know, kind of like political talk on the show because he doesn't vote. I do, but I'm like you. I don't identify with a political party. I don't identify with a religion. Um, I gave up on religion a long time ago, and I remember the first time I gave up on. I was like, religion is not for me. I went with my mom to a church to see a play of the, you know, the. The, the Messiah uh, when Jesus was mm. you know c- you know put on the cross and uh, I was right. the only person not crying when he was nailed to the cross and that's when I realized <laughs> this has no effect on me um, I think I'm just kind of going to go my own way on this um, but, uh, but right was, exactly yeah yeah but there's one more thing we wanted to do with you Nina um, and we like I said we do really do appreciate your time today and thank you so much for calling in we wanted to do uh, one more thing with you we wanted to do a little bit of word association if you don't mind we wanted to oh, end yeah. it on a fun note
1: we're gonna put you on the spot. We're going to do a one-word word association with you. So I'm going to give you a name of the name of somebody, and uh-huh. first whatever you think, just one word. Okay. Got it. All right. Ron Jeremy. Oi. <laughs> I'll accept that. Yep. <laughs> Barack Obama. Oi. <Oy. laughs> We're a roll. Miley Cyrus. Cool. Definitely. Tracy Lords.
2: <laughs>
3: is, is that a word? I'll, I'll, it's not I'll a allow um, okay, it. Um,
1: <laughs> okay. Pending. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> See the the reason why I put her on the list. She's from my hometown.
2: Get out of town,
1: Steubenville, Ohio. You're from Ohio. Yeah, Steubenville, Ohio. Yeah. Wow. So I got to hear about that my whole life. That we were. Oh the, my we, God. We were the home of Tracy Lords, Yeah. And Dean Martin. And Dean Martin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my God! I didn't know. <laughs>
1: and Jimmy the Greek. So how's that trifecta? <laughs>
0: and Jimmy the Greek. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that one. <laughs> All right,
1: Donald Trump. <laughs> He's still there. She has, she has no words. I mean, for
2: I, 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 which word? Um um i can't pick a word nina pick a word uh clarifying okay
0: okay that's interesting that. okay yeah
1: kanye west no comment <laughs> jenna jameson tragic mm. Hmm. hillary clinton
2: Hmm. <laughs> Seasoned.
1: Okay. Um, Mark
0: Wahlberg. Successful. Yeah, very, <laughs> very that. much so. Yeah, I'll take that. I was going to go with hamburger, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one, this one's a group one. The Kardashians.
2: Oy. <laughs> Another one. <laughs>
1: All right, and this is the final one. No, no, because it's a Kardashian. Seriously?
0: (laughs) Yeah. There there you go. Perfect. Exactly. That That was right on.
1: All right, so last one Christy Canyon.
0: Aww. <laughs> yeah, Bubba actually j- had just shown me a picture of Christy Canyon before. Kyle uh, didn't we know who show. Christy was. I did not know who she was. And, um, yeah, I I kind of grew up in the in the nineties. You
2: know, I don't know how to say old friend in one word um, because I met her when she was nineteen and brand new.
1: Now, do you? St- uh, that reminds me, real quick. Did you? Do you still talk to the people you worked with? You know, when you first started? Um, I just I just reconnected with Billy D, who is mm-hmm. my first screen
2: partner um i just reconnected with karen summer my first female screen partner um okay. i'm friends with ginger lynn i'm i'm friendly with christy canyon um if i meet the old, um fake and i you know i can get a hold of fake if i want to and we're certainly friendly to each other candida royale um richard pacheco um so if i if i see the old crowd i'm very always very hit my corner michaels um, I'm very happy to see them, but I I keep in touch with Richard Pacheco, Ginger Lynn, um, Keisha.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so yeah, I am I am friendly, I am friendly with most of them.
0: Well that's good. Yeah, to keep in touch with those uh, with those folks. And I know and I and as I was checking out your your Twitter account and, and things like that as I was kind of making myself more familiar with you and your career, uh when I realized that we were going to be talking with you today, I looked that you're you still love going to uh to the conventions and you make yourself very visible that way as well and you can also meet people there. Oh yes, yeah, I
2: love meeting my fans. I just I I wish I, I just love giving people, you know, that energy and this, and giving them a nice big hug like you say um and uh in hearing you know people say oh nina you know, yes you just yes, you do so much it's like they're all telling me nice things <laughs> you know <laughs> I, I, I take energy from that i'm not working in the complaint department Yeah,
0: exactly
3: <laughs>
2: well i tell you, you, you know, what i'm working in the compliment department that's a lovely place to work
1: mm-hmm. this is this is hands down been one of the top 10 things that have ever happened in my life today and I want to totally Well, we'll thank do you. it again sometime. Uh, we
0: need a part 2 cuz I can just yeah. talk all night. Yeah, um, definitely. We would we would love to speak with you again, Nina, and uh, and I hope someday I actually have the opportunity to hug you myself. There you go.
1: Absolutely.
2: Come when when we when we meet, come up and hug because I'm a I'm a well, I'm a world-class
0: hugger. I'll <laughs> we'll awesome.
1: take you up on that. All right. Well, Stabulous. we'll get a hold of you again to actually, you know, we'll get a part 2 going and uh Okay. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you again, Nina. This you're has so been welcome, excellent. You're welcome, and we everybody really
2: have a wonderful time. day.
0: All right. You too. Thanks, Thank you. Nina. Take care of yourself. You bet. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Well, we certainly do appreciate Nina being on the show today with us. Um, and also, if you're still interested in learning more about the Woodhall. Alliance. It's WoodhallAlliance.org. If you're interested in donating or learning more about what they do for sexual freedom and human rights, again, that's WoodhallAlliance.org. Uh, check it out and uh, and get down with the cause. All right. So we certainly do appreciate Nina being on the show, and uh, we hope you guys listen next week. We got more fun things planned, and we got a lot more great guests coming up down the road. So we do thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves.